Welcome to the Agatsu Physical Culture Podcast. I'm Sean Mosen. We've got a very special broadcast tonight. The lights are dim. Some candles have been lit. There's a bottle of bubbly chilling on the table. Okay, yeah, it's, it's Perrier, but it's got bubbles in it, so don't judge, all right? Why have I set such a special mood? Why, you ask? Because I've got a very special guest here tonight. We've got the director of the Agatsu Joint Mobility and Movement Program, Sarah Claire Lajeunesse. And yes, I am the only one in this hemisphere who can pronounce her last name properly. <laughs> Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No, and a... coincidentally, yes. it's a great last name to have because I always know when a telemarketer is calling, would Sarah Claire Laganese be there, please? <laughs> nope. <laughs> yes, there will be no Laganese. I got That's through. Right. I got through Amir's um, last name in the uh, first podcast, and I'm sure I'll have no problem with yours. So we're going to talk all things movement. We're going to have a great night. We're going to go through a bottle of bubbly, and uh, we've got the mood set to talk about bendy bendy flexibility. <laughs> so everything, everything is perfect. Those are the technical terms, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Well, I know you like to speak in technical terms. That's I prefer right. just to talk about bendy bendy flexibility. Okay. Uh, and mobility as well. You'll That's talk right. about the difference. There's a perfect marriage between those two. Yeah. And uh, we're going to also talk about um, other things. I wanted to have a segment on the show about things that are currently going on or articles that I've seen or just anything and, and ask you know some of my guests some feedback about what they think. So we get some general topics going on about, uh, let's say, just kind of things that are popping up in the fitness industry or the fitness world. Uh, I was going to entitle the segment, Things That Make My Ass Twitch. <laughs> but then I realized that that'd be a really long list and that's a whole separate podcast. Maybe some, we could have... Some flexibility work could do that for you, though. Make your ass twitch? Yeah, man. If you're doing it right or wrong. Uh, both. Oh. <laughs> I had to stop my drink for a second Intriguing. there because I almost spit on the mic. All right. Um, so I'm going to talk to you about the, the thing that made my ass twitch um, last week, or one of them, uh, was That's this... a good segment. You should have that as a weekly segment. Yes, things that make my ass twitch. <laughs> I, I, as I'm spouting off about it, I'm, I'm thinking this is more and more a, a brilliant idea. Now, uh, so welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to things that make my ass twitch. And uh, I think it was last week I saw... He, um, I don't want to say the name of the paper because if you print stupid things, you shouldn't really get any publicity. But uh, there was a well-known newspaper that printed a uh, study that um, was explaining why, uh, I'll use the quote, seemingly fit women can't do pull-ups um, and also tall men were thrown into the mix. And uh, <laughs> I, I was boarding a plane getting ready to go give a cert, so I, I quickly put up a photo of you doing pull-ups just to kind of, you know, put something into the universe to go against this kind of nonsense because uh, the uh, article on the study are, are completely ridiculous. For those of you who haven't read it, just Google really stupid um, and I'm sure it'll show up on the first page. I know, poor me and all tall men out there. It's sad that genetically tall men and women can't do pull-ups. Oh yeah, it's, it's a terrible, uh, it's a terrible thing. It's I believe that's what the article said, right? Uh, they went into uh, what they basically did, uh, the long and the short of it is uh, they were trying to figure out why seemingly fit women have such a hard time. And what seemingly fit means it, it would, you know, be something well, that we could dissect. Well, you hit the nail on the head there. Yeah. Seemingly fit. Yes, they were seemingly fit. So they took these seemingly fit women and in a month after training them, no, none of the women could do uh, a pull-up. And they were just, you know, astounded by this. And uh, they went on to explain uh, why they believed this was the case and also how they trained them. Um, you know, some of the things they had them doing were uh, lat pull-downs, uh, bicep curls. And, uh, of course, they tried to make them lose weight so that they would be lighter going over the bar. So I just have one question. Yeah. Could their trainers actually do a pull-up? 
I, that's a fantastic question. My belief uh, probably for this study and for most studies is that these people who spend their lives doing studies should put down a clipboard, uh, close their laptop, Go get a pair of shorts or sweatpants or um, whatever they want to wear and they should spend more time training and less time writing and reading about it because clearly they have no idea how to train someone to accomplish this uh, feat. And uh, well, the reason I put the, push up, uh, the picture of you up was that I think you're the perfect example. When you first did your uh, kettlebell level one, yeah, uh, you, you got. You, you say it was no, but you, you did. No, no, you it's a perfect well. example. You said you said you got three. I, I don't, my recollection, which is as everyone better be careful what you say. Then <laughs> everyone knows that my memory is uh, flawless, and uh, I believe you did two. Okay, they were two very bad pull-ups. I'll admit that. Good. I was coming out. Feet. I this was, is you are in the this circle of trust. The 12-step program. Yes, it, you have I was kicking my feet and my tongue was out, and I was trying yes. to pull with you everything I had. Desperately trying. To, eyelashes towards the bar. Yes, everything. desperately trying desperate. to pull yourself up over the bar, and it was um, a bit of a mess. But okay, yeah. good. So, and then at your level two kettlebell cert, you did how many? Uh, 13. 13. Is, does your memory serve you correctly on that? Yes, you were, you were. I was just checking to see if you remember. Yes, you did 13 dead hang pull-ups. Um, so that's, you know, for those of you unfamiliar with the dead hang, that's not the one that looks like you're being tasered. That's when you're just kind of <laughs> hanging from the... That's, I'm just kidding. Don't get upset. If you do those things, don't email me. I'm going to delete your email. Don't get upset. Have it, Grow a sense of humor. Okay? <laughs> It'll serve you well. Um, yeah, so... Not the tasery uh, fish out of the water. Oh, I'm, I'm saying more. I'm going to get in more trouble. Uh, yes, but a dead hang pull-up. So just, you did, just spit you did the 13. Truth. It doesn't matter. I am. I just spit the I did do 13, show. and that was only six months later. So women out there and tall men, I'm sorry, I'm lumping you in this category. Yeah. It is totally possible. You just have to train in the right direction. Exactly. So I wouldn't go see a trainer who doesn't do the things you want to accomplish. Would you go see a doctor that doesn't do the things you do? If they're giving you advice, that's... Not yeah, right. that's great. I just want to put out this prime yeah. example. I trained a woman going through chemotherapy, and the doctor's oncologist from, I don't want to name the hospital, but it's a very well-known hospital in Toronto. Yeah, I got enough problems. Don't, I know, don't I name know. the hospital. So I'm, I'm the beep, there we go, no hospital, the well-known beep hospital in Toronto, uh, prescribed this woman steady-state cardio because she was losing muscle and joint density. So I don't know about you, but running on a treadmill for even 10 minutes to half an hour is not going to help her whatsoever. What she needed to do was joint mobility. What she needed to do was joint preparation. And light, I, I did light, low impact work mm -hmm. with her. So, are you, so there you so go. You're, so you're saying, yeah. I nerded that, out on you, but I'm just saying. No, it's okay. So those those doctors that were probably prescribing that, um, I don't know the, if that's the case with that doctor, but those doctors and doctors like that who are prescribing these kind of things uh, tend not to train themselves. I went and I spoke to 50 of them. I asked them flat out, how many of you train? 10 of them lifted up their arms. I said, how many days a week? Most of them were like, oh, four, four, I guess four. I guess four. Yeah. Really? Do you have an answer? And I said, okay, those of you who train less than four days a week, put your hands up. And it, it was, I was flabbergasted. Like everybody who said that they train four days a week admitted after they're like, oh, maybe it's one or two. I'm very busy. I'm like, right. Well, so out of then, 50, how many actually exercise? I think probably three did more than four days a week. Yeah, honestly. So you probably shouldn't go to a doctor and ask them what you should be doing for exercise if three out of 50 are the, you know, actually doing something themselves. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, thank God that this woman actually wanted to know more about herself and learn and gain more body awareness. She came to me. I did work with her doctors as far as like what she was going through. She Smart, had a pick yeah. in. She actually had a blood clot at one point. So we had to work through that. But I never took movement advice from them. If anything, I looked towards her. Uh, she went to a holistic doctor as well, too, for yeah. acupuncture and different things like that. You but didn't she... take movement advice from people that don't exercise? <laughs> well... That's now, like, now that's here's like the thing. going to talk to virgins it, about how to have sex. Uh, it's right. That's not a good idea. <laughs> I almost said something really inappropriate. <laughs> Never mind. Um, it's really I went to a Catholic school anyway. I'll just... Uh-oh. Was it a Catholic school? Or... Okay. Right. Anyway. Um, it, you wouldn't go to a trainer that doesn't do what you want to do either. That's so... what we're talking about with these researchers. So these researchers proved um, from their study nothing about seemingly fit women or taller men having difficulty what they proved was that they're incapable of training someone in a month to do anything yeah so what they proved was that they're monkeys with a clipboard yeah so monkeys with a clipboard that's a fantastic and what's way that, to put what's it what's that saying um mike latch from valley crossfit has the best saying about seemingly fit people oh well he was he says that he finds it funny because he always wanted to be fitter than he looked <laughs> and not look fitter than he actually is, which I thought was really cool. So that's you know? the perfect description of a seemingly fit person. Yeah, and look, they could be fit in one particular area. That yeah. doesn't mean that they're generally fit, um, and it doesn't mean that they're very, you know, athletic or great in certain things. I mean, look, you, you just because somebody's got nice calves doesn't doesn't mean anything's going on upstairs. But so, we should talk you know, about what generally fit actually means. Well, first, I also have to make fun of the fact that. Uh, well, two things. One, they lumped in tall guys in there. And I just had a guy in a seminar say to me, yes, but isn't it true that it is harder for, you know, for me, he said, for me to do a pull-up? And I said, it's true, and it's completely irrelevant. Yeah. And the example I gave is Tyson Larone, who you know, who's a Gatsu instructor out west. He's one of our senior instructors. He's a beast. Yeah, this guy's like 6'5". And he's not a thin 6'5". He wouldn't, to, to do pull-ups, he didn't go on a treadmill and try and lose some weight to get over the bar. Or do bicep curls. Yeah, or do bicep curls. And at his level 2 kettlebell cert, he did 22 dead hang, super strict, 22 dead hang pull-ups. And the only reason he stopped at 22 was because everyone was yelling at him because 20 is 100%. They said, you know, save your energy for the next exam. So he's like, oh, okay. I mean, I'm just glad that he did his exam uh, years before this article and study came out. Because if he had read it, he probably wouldn't be able to do 22. Nobody, and he didn't, he didn't realize he wasn't supposed to be able to do them so he could do them. And that's why I told this guy, it's irrelevant. And I don't think women or tall men should pay much attention to these kind of studies. Because all it does is it gives you in your head an excuse as to why you're not going to be able to do it. So I know as soon as that came out... Bunch of women were posting on their Facebook and saying, "Oh, you see, this is why." And insert blah 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 nonsense yeah, story. Yeah, but they everybody, can't do it. everybody is always looking for an excuse. Human nature is to take the easy way out. I'm sorry, people, but mm-hmm. that's the way it is. There are some of us out there that realize that there is fiction, and we don't want to just believe in it. You take a magazine like Muscle and Fiction, for example, and mm-hmm. it says, you know, this perfect quote, like. Uh, Oh, I'll just use the example of women can't do pull-ups. Yep. So you've let them dictate what you are capable of. That's sad. Yeah, That's very sad. I would never let anyone tell me who I am or what I can do. So before you pick up one of these magazines, think about what you want to achieve in yourself and pick tangible goals, yeah. right? Losing 10 pounds is not a tangible goal. Achieving muscle-ups is a tangible goal, right? Sure. Strict muscle-up. Your body will look a certain way as a byproduct of this goal. So I encourage people out there to stop picking 
pansy-ass goals. Stop taking the weak way out. Start with something you've always wanted to do. And don't listen to researchers. And don't. Find if your trainer can't Those help you get there. Those researchers don't find a different train, one. probably. Yeah. And if probably. Your trainer, if I'm your, generalizing. If your trainer can't get you where, get you where you want to go, then... Find another trainer. Yeah, do some research. Be find brave. Else, yeah. You know? And start taking accountability for yourself. It's not always your trainer's job. Yes, they're going to guide you there. They're going to help you build awareness. But you got to want it bad enough to do your homework yeah. and to also build and practice with diligence and detail. You can't just move for the sake of moving. All right. Well, let's talk about moving. Let's get off things that make my ass twitch and let's get into... <laughs> Uh, different into, segment, people. Yes, Can no, we have a jingle in here? Ba, ba, ba. Oh, very there you nice. go. Thank yes, you. very good character singing. Well, uh, which <laughs> I know is, want some methyl Mormon? No. <laughs> I know. I am, fu- I am fully aware that along with uh, your many uh, talents and uh, the certifications that you run and workshops that you also do, uh, you're an actress and you do cartoon voices. So I'm prepared that at any moment this could go really south and I could be talking to Daffy Duck or something. Well, like I'll try to. I'll try to remain professional. Tr- no. No, by all means, don't be professional, and if you have to speak in voices, it's fine. But the problem is, if I speak in a voice like this, yeah. people are listening. Right. But when they speak in a voice like this, no one wants to listen. Well, we probably just either lost you or gained, I mean? gained yeah. more listeners, yeah. but that's fine. Okay, okay, let's talk movement. Yeah. So, uh, the Agatsu Movement, uh, Joint Mobility and Movement Certification. Mm-hmm. Uh, people always ask, they say, okay, joint mobility now is becoming kind of a buzzword. It's becoming uh, very interesting and... You know, more people are into it, um, but they look at the title and they say, Joint Mobility and Movement, what's the course about? What do they learn when they go to uh, either the certification or they go to workshops? Uh, what's it all about? What's the idea? If, if you can encapsulate one kind of critical concept, one kind of critical idea that's the foundation of this, what is it? What are we talking about? In one word, I'll sum yeah. it up for you. Awareness. Awareness is key to everything. Like I say, you can practice all you want, but if you're practicing in the wrong direction, you're never going to get anywhere. Yeah. So yes, mobility and movement have to do with awareness. They're the basics of everything, right? If you want to achieve, you know, uh, an 80 kilo snatch, ass to grass, beautiful, beautifully executed everything. Yes, I want this. Yes, you do. I do. Okay. But what, what, do is, I do? <laughs> what is your overhead position like with the barbell? Uh-huh. Okay, yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, the shoulders are a little bit tight sometimes. I okay, <laughs> so, okay, and what yeah. is your hips in the squat? Can you actually get to full depth? Yep, my hips are good. Okay, your I hips have, are good. I have, I have very good childbearing hips. Okay, uh, so open. great. Yeah. So, and even if, let's say, that your mobility and flexibility are in check, yeah. as you go up in weight and you don't practice any mobility or flexibility, what's going to happen eventually? Yeah, eventually you're going to suffer. You're going to kind of tighten yourself up. Well, think about an elastic band, right? You keep winding that elastic band in one direction, one direction. I'm putting more load on the bar. I'm doing good. I'm doing great. I hit PRs every month. Awesome. Awesome job. Okay, what happens? I wound it so tight, the tension's on it. What's going to happen now? It's going to snap. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's, that's what I want people to take home. If anything, I know it's a very tough course. Yeah. As far as learning a new language, learning new um, techniques, and, and learning just how to teach those things as well. Sure. It's tough. It's only two days. I wish it could be a week. I could get through a lot more. But that's why I do workshops as well. Right. But it, I want you to take away, I want you to be a better learner. Well, you just said it, it's tough. And I mean, everything worthwhile is tough. So I agree. That's and, right. And, and 
you know, often we get emails from people, uh, or even at courses, I show some of the joint mobility stuff. Uh, joint mobility has always been a component in what I've taught, uh, just because from, you know, starting off in martial arts, joint, you know, work, joint mobility and joint prep was something that martial artists always do. We would do work for our wrist because of course we're going to be hitting, you know, people and things. So you, your wrists have got to be in good shape to take this. Well, same thing with not. the knees, same yeah. thing with everything else. So. Uh, that was foundational for me growing up and studying different types of movement and it makes sense in my mind even though we don't kind of commonly see it in fitness but what I hear from people when I'm doing uh, the little portions that we do let's say at the kettlebell certs or at workshops is people say listen I'm really interested I want to I want to learn more about this I want to take the joint mobility and movement certification but um, what are the prerequisites? I, I don't think, I, I can't do the splits. Um, I, I can't, I saw a picture and, you know, Sarah was in a handstand. I can't do a handstand. So what should they be able to do? Nothing. You need to come and be a student. Okay. Right? Yeah. That's the first step. So the first step to building awareness is just getting on that journey and not letting your fears fight you, right? I, I grew up as a tap dancer. Yes, we did a lot of mobility for our wrists and ankles and different things like that. Uh, more so the ankles, sorry. Um, and knees and stuff because we're putting our body into sure. great positions of disadvantage. But I, I wasn't born with these skills and they came to me at a late age. I remember being 18 years old and I couldn't push my body weight up off the floor. But I recognized that and I recognized where I was weak and that I needed to work at it. So the first step is recognizing where you need to work and that's building awareness. So come, it doesn't matter. I had a 56 year old woman there with lupus and celiac disease. I had a 67 year old uh, who was a mess, he's broken. I get broken athletes all the time. They're high level competitors and then all of a sudden, like I say, you wind that band in one direction so far, it snaps. And I get clients who are just raw beginners, who can't push their body weight up, who can't even touch their toes. But if you don't start that journey right now and help yourself, you're never going to be doing the splits. You're never going to get into a handstand. And even me, I have other goals I need to build towards now. The worst is allowing yourself to plateau. Sure. And when you allow yourself to plateau, you've given up. Yeah. And I think this is great. Like people need to understand that not just for the course, but for anything, you can start a practice like this and develop a practice like this at any level. And you're and developing at any, at a, at any age, exactly. Like you said, you've got people that are coming in. That, I have a guy who's 80, who's yeah. blind and has one artificial heart valve working. When I met him, he could not touch, barely past his knees. He was a mess. I trained him for five years. He's doing great. He's doing bear crawls, ape walks. He does crab walks. He does every type of mobility you can imagine. And it's because he put the practice in, but he wasn't willing to take uh, no as an answer. Yeah. By, by any means, doctors said, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. You don't even have enough oxygen in your system to be able to do these things. Yeah. Well, you know what? He started slowly. And that's the steps. You have to start slowly and just gain awareness and then, you know, greater your uh, practice. Yeah. So the more you practice, the more awareness you have. And, and then it builds from there and there. So his practice was, okay, mobility, flexibility. You know what? It took him two years to touch his toes. Yeah, but, okay. he, but he can do it now. But he also gained a lot more. He gained he gained years on his life. Yeah. He gained joy with his grandchildren. He can play with them now. He walks two 20-liter 
water buckets out with a yoke that he made across the street to water the trees in someone else's garden. That's awesome. It's awesome, but he's yeah. training for life. That's just it. Whether you want to be an athlete or you just want better quality of life, you need mobility and flexibility. Send us your tired, broken masses and we'll turn them into badasses. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I want well, that on a shirt. Can I get should, something for being on this? I be, want a shirt. That should be on a t-shirt, <laughs> yes. That's a good idea. I'm jotting down. Uh, pork chop, take a note. Um, if anyone hears weird licking, that's the dog in the corner. But uh, listen. She's uh, the supervisor. You just, I mean, you, you just said a whole bunch of things. You know, one is trained for life, uh, which is great. And I think that that's the general philosophy. We're always talking at Agatsu about... Um, you know, we use the term generalist. We'd like, you know, students to be great generalists. I want people that are basically good at everything. They're, they're up for anything. They've got good mobility, good flexibility, endurance, strength. You know, it, it's great to be really strong. That's, that's fantastic. That's awesome. Great for you. It's, it's really nice. You can pick up a piano. But, you know, I'm greedy. I want to pick up a piano. I want to run down the street with it or up a hill. Hells yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, you have amazing endurance. Okay, great. You have amazing endurance. You can run for days, you know. But you, but know, you can't are, push your body weight. Yeah. Are you or strong? You can you, jump, body o- can you jump over a fence, you know? Um, I, w- I always wanted the mix. I always wanted, a, you know, to have all these things. And that's difficult. And I think a lot of people, like you said, they're going to wind themselves up like a band. A lot of guys will go in one direction. And even if they're not broken, they need to understand that this isn't a practice for people that are only busted. A lot of people that are busted come because they got aches and pains from training or from not training. Mm -hmm. They've got all kinds of issues and they come looking for help. They're like, help me. This hurts. My shoulders hurt. I'm trying to lift. My shoulders are busted. And I know you you do some work with CrossFitters and you you do some, uh, not just the CERT uh, where we have CrossFitters coming, but you also do workshops and you do like only lifting uh, mobility for CrossFitters. Yeah. And it's because they want to hit their PRs. They want to do these things. They may have an injury that's getting in the way. Those people are the easiest to kind of, you know, uh, present this stuff to in a sense because they already have an obstacle. Yes. But the people that don't have an obstacle need to also understand that this is preemptive. This has got to be part of your regular practice, your regular routine, because you don't want to be looking at, you know, airbags for the car and the safest car because you just had an accident. Yeah. You, you want some prep. Well, here, here's the way I lay it out. Obviously, people who train more know more about injury and recovery and the cost that that's going to take on your body. Yeah. So they're easier to convince about mobility and joint preparation, but... Everyday people, I mean, come on, accidents happen every day. Shit happens. Life happens. We live in a country that has four seasons. How many times have you slipped on the ice and your first instinct is to put your hand down? Yeah. It's a bad instinct. It is, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we'll talk about rolling and falling in the certification, but we teach you how to properly roll and fall. But... Besides the point That's interesting of, that there's rolling and falling in the certification as most I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> well, no, because it's, it's, it's good because, you know, I know, I remember that I was helping you at one of these uh, workshops and you were showing rolling and falling to a group of people and they looked really confused as to why, you know, a room full of adults had to do somersaults and learn how to, you know, do a side fall. And we were talking about it with them and... Um, you asked someone there, you know, what happens when you guys have your clients up on the rigging 
and you know they fall because people fall off doing pull-ups all, all the, time. the time and all yeah you know time. box jump you slip you it's not just it up. about going upside down yeah if you're gonna make your clients box jump leave the earth yeah. in any sort of capacity yeah. grab a bar yeah you are responsible for teaching them how to get out of that situation well i remember that guy's answer, answer yeah. right? do you remember the guy's answer he said why well, is it you said to him he said what happens when people uh you know fall when you're doing this this or this oh, yeah. and he just very deadpan said Usually they break their wrists. Yeah, but he was right, and yeah. he wasn't pussyfooting around it. <laughs> no, he was he was blunt, but he, yeah, he didn't he didn't quite see that as a problem. No, like, like that's, that's the, problem. the issue. That, that's the so, problem. Well, here's the thing. I I actually have to thank my circus coach, my silks coach Linda, for this at the Toronto Circus School. She taught me uh, first. She would always show you the technique right on the ground because in the right. air, like shit ha could happen yeah. and things change. So we work the techniques on the ground first. And after you work the techniques on the ground, you're not even allowed to go up in the air yet because then she goes through what could go wrong. Mm -hmm. What could go wrong? Right. And she plays out those different scenarios for you. And she teaches you how to catch yourself. You know? Yep. And that's what's important for a trainer. You have to understand that if you don't give your client a way out, a safe way out, you failed them as a trainer. You failed yeah. them as a teacher. So you need to be practicing joint preparation exercises in case shit happens, in case life happens. Well, that's it. We spend so much time. And you time. need to learn how to roll and fall. Yeah. You, we spend so much time. First of even all, it's going to make, it's gonna make you more athletic. I'll tell you something. My, um, I had a class once that was just a bunch of office ladies and they didn't have much self-confidence but they were gung-ho for anything sure. so I started them slowly give give your clients the medicine slowly don't just you know throw everything at them they have to understand it slowly so they're gaining awareness slowly with their yeah. body and the more awareness they gain then you give them a little bit more and that's that's essentially how everybody learns right yeah so go slow but I got them up to the point where these ladies who couldn't push their own body weight up right we're brave enough. One class, I was like, okay, guys, you know, we're going to learn how to uh, take more weight into our hands and trust ourselves more. So I had five floors of stairs. Yep. It was awesome. I made them start at the top of the stairs and walk down head first on their hands. Well, their feet were on the ground. Like they're so crawling they're, down. Yeah, yeah. Like, like Spider Woman crawling is what right. I called it because I wanted them to feel good about, you know, what they yeah. were doing. Well, their partner down below was doing uneven kettlebell carry. Nice. Right? So every flight of stairs, they would switch kettlebells. So that's nice in itself, but that's gaining confidence for those women. They sure. thought I was crazy at first, yeah. and then you should have seen how they felt at yeah. the end of the class, Yeah. right? So what you want to do as a trainer is train your clients how to get out of bad situations because it's yeah. going to happen, yeah. right? I think it's not only about getting a pull-up. It's about training them for life, and I'll, I'll harp on that again. Yeah. If, you're, if your client cannot pull their own body weight up, press their own body weight up, and pick up the load of their body weight and squat down and stand up with it, yeah. you are doing something wrong as a trainer. Yeah, and you can't always do it in an optimal position. I mean, when I'm, no. trying, when I'm trying to squat, of course, I'm trying to do everything right in a squat. Exactly. And I'm trying to be as technical as possible. I'm practicing. But, but there before are times, you practice that, yeah. before you practice that, what should you be practicing? I want, yeah, I practice doing it also in positions that are not optimal. I practice yeah. working my knees, working my ankles, so that I know and my joints can take it. And the knees are the number one it. complaint yeah. for all older clients. That's it. I know my joints can take it. If I'm out of alignment, if something happens, when you're doing something athletic, you're playing a sport, you are not always in perfect alignment. When you're when right. you're live and it's happening, then uh, you pass through these you know less desirable positions. But you've got to have a body that's ready for it. But that's why you have to have a daily practice exactly. because when it comes to performance shit happens right yeah. like I can't 
I can't make people understand this any more than than what like watch watch a football match, right? Yeah. The knee positions that they get into. Yeah. And they're they're taking Anything. shots from yeah. the side. But if they don't keep up a good preparation practice for those knees, yeah. can you imagine what that's going to well, look like? Well, we see like? it all the time. It's career right? ending. Yeah, we see it all the time. They get blown out. They don't they don't spend enough time learning how to move and uh, how to recover and developing a body that can react that way and that can take these positions. So what they end up with is But we all is started that way as strong. kids, which is the sad thing. <laughs> That's the thing. We, we had it. We just have to get back to it. And so for the people that are not busted up, they should have this as part of their practice so they don't end up busted up. And it doesn't For the people that long. are busted up, they should have this as part of their practice so they can fix these issues and then they can really then develop as athletes. And like you're saying, even like things like the roles, you know, everybody's talking about, I want to be an athlete. I want to train like an athlete now. Everybody, it's, it's so fashionable. I'm going to train like an athlete. I'm an athlete. You know, they have on their t-shirts, you train to look good. I train to be good. It's like, well, that, that's a nice t-shirt and it's really cute. You can even get a bumper sticker and, and put it on your car or your ass. Um, but, you know, it, it should be something other than just a cute slogan. Yeah, and well, if you want to be athletic, you need to be doing athletic things. And you also can't kind of pick and choose um, some of the things that you want to do. Like I've noticed lately, a lot of different people are realizing the value in all these different types of training modalities like gymnastics and things like that. Mm -hmm. But they kind of jumping steps. So I don't know like your thoughts on this, but you know, like for example, I see people doing handstand, uh, handstands and handstand pushups, like, you know, flopped up against the wall is the only way I can describe it. Oh, facing away from the wall with their feet on the wall. Yeah. I don't care if they're facing away, but it's just kind of the nature of the way that they do it. They like throw their body with reckless abandon and, and jump into the wall. And I also see some people really having a hard time copying the other people that are doing this because they're terrified to be upside down because no one has showed them the beginning of how to get to that point, yeah. right? And I think this is a big deal for people. It's the idea of progressions. So you may think that, you know, gymnastics is super cool and you should do it and you'd be right. But you can't just say, I really like this move in gymnastics and let's do that and ignore everything that leads up to that. So you need to have progressions. And like people that come to your course and they work with your workshops I think that, that they probably also are thinking, well, I don't know if I can do that. So what do you do with these people? Like somebody who comes in and say, you know, I, I want to get a muscle up or I want to, I want to get a pull up. And they're like, but I can't pull myself up at all. So what do you do if a person's like, I'm, I really want to pull up, I listen to the podcast. I believe, <laughs> I believe what you said, and, but I don't know how to do it. Uh, I can't pull my body up one time. So what should they be doing? What's the, just the first thing? Obviously, we can't you know explain to people how to do a pull up. But right. let's just talk progression and sensibility. Okay. And on that note, I'll say I have a huge problem with all these slogans um, that people wear because movement is not elite. People, anybody can do it if they train in the right direction with proper progressions. Yeah. Like you want to pull your body weight up, great. But you can't even you know on the rings do an active hang in that position. So there's progressions. There's everything can be scaled, right? Everything starts with a point of origin, right? So we're going to look at the scap and we'll, you know, we'll lessen the degree and the body weight that you have on the rings as well. And we'll just work at that. And then we'll work some negatives and then we'll work some isometric holds in different positions. So it doesn't matter what level you're at. Right. We'll find what needs to be worked and we'll work on it. 
Right. And then once you've hit one thing, it progresses to another thing and another thing and another thing. I mean, as long as you're breathing, yeah. you're okay to come to the course. Now, I remember you had an online client that did prep with you for uh, her level one kettlebell yeah. cert. And, she was awesome. Uh, yeah, she, at the cert, she was wicked. I, I'm the one who gave that, that course in Toronto. She did really, really well. And I remember that you were telling me where she was at the beginning uh, she couldn't her, pull her weight up yeah, on rings. Yeah, she couldn't pull her weight up. She couldn't do a row. No. Um, so, which is, you know, a foundation movement for building towards the pull-up and everything else. So, that was, that's great. And that, like you said, it's not elite. This is not someone who is in elite shape. This is someone who really... But she has every right to achieve her goals. Yeah, she really wanted to get into better shape than yeah. where she was. And things need to be scaled for people and they need to realize that it's attainable if they want it, if they really want it. I mean, yeah. she really, obviously, she really worked hard. She really wanted to get, you know, somewhere where she had in her mind and she had quite clear, definitive goals. Mm -hmm. So, But that's what I like. you got to know what you want. You can't just go, ah, be nice to do this. It'll be nice to do that. Uh, maybe some of this and some of that. If you're cooking, you don't just throw everything that you like in a bowl. It's going to taste like right? <laughs> yes, that's the technical term. That, yeah. yeah, right? So you still have to plan according to your recipe. So you have yeah. to have a clear defined goal. And you can't ignore and pick and choose basics, you know? Like that example, or I see people throwing themselves at the wall. Some people having a very hard time throwing themselves at the wall. You're having a hard time throwing yourself at the wall because you have no business being upside down. You don't know how to fall. You don't know how to roll. You don't know any of the basics. You don't basics. even know how to take weight into your hands. Exactly. You don't even know any of the or basics. Or to keep your arms straight. Yeah. So when, like, for me, this kind of drives me crazy. I don't really get all that excited about people doing exercises differently. That is the favorite pastime of Facebook and internet, um, you know, uh, fitness professionals. Uh, they get annoyed with it. You know, this guy did this exercise like that. This guy did that exercise like that. Who cares? If it's safe and it moves a person in the direction they want to train, I'm happy. I'm going to waste my time telling you uh, you didn't point your pinky toe during this exercise. <laughs> what do I care? Um, you know, that's that's uh, quite a movement. Of it is. Yes, it's a, yes, it's a fascial thing. Um, no, but like, if it's safe and you're getting where you want to go, good for you. But what does drive me nuts uh, makes my ass twitch. Oh, uh, we're back to that. We are back to my switching hatch. Uh, no, what makes me nuts is that people will kind of just skip across something and then they wonder why they're not getting where they want to go and they're not being fed the proper basic progression. No. If they, you know, and there are lots of different ways of doing it. There's, yes. there's different ways to climb a mountain. I'm not saying, you know, uh, even amongst my own coaches, I will go to, you know, one coach and they'll show me some gymnastics. I'll go to another coach and they will say something different. I say, okay, well, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. And, the, you know, the one that's moving me in the direction that I want to go, then I say, okay, that's, that's working. And it's not to say the other one was wrong. The other one may be just as right, but it may not be right for me. Right, so, and we also understand yeah. different cues from different coaches. Yeah, right? exactly. They just maybe they say something that explains it in a way that you know it just resonates with me, exactly. and then I'm able to do it. But you do need these progressions, and you do need someone that kind of takes you step by step through them, and not to just ignore you know key components of a you know training modality and jump to the you know the next thing because well, you're missing you, a lot of good and, stuff. And when you do that, yeah. what happens half the time and I'll use the kip as an example, yeah. but I see people wanting a dead hang pull up and they keep kipping and they're like oh I'm kipping less and now I'm just sort of you know batting my feet to get up. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter you're still kipping. But they're getting themselves over the bar. Fine. So so a little kip is is still it's a kip. It's still uh, slightly pregnant is still pregnant. 
nine months later, you're still going to be where you're going to be. <laughs> yeah, All right? True. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Uh, but for one of my guys, his issue wasn't even the friggin' pull-up, pardon me. I, I looked at him after. It's a podcast. You can say fuck, shit, balls, whatever you want. Fuck, shit, balls, balls. Only if it makes sense oh. in a given context. Otherwise, it's I'm, gratuitous. I'm sorry I take back the vulva. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so, vulva aside. Yes. What his issue was, and he kept saying, well, I'm doing this progression and that progression and blah, blah, blah. I said, okay, let's just check out how your your shoulder mobility is. Yeah. So, because he skipped all these steps and went right to the kipping pull-up, right. he ignored the fact right. that it was his shoulder mobility that was holding him back. Yeah. Like, he really couldn't straighten his arm overhead. Mm. So, we have an issue there to work with first. Yeah. So, this is why you should not skip steps, right? Yeah. You're going to bake a cake, you put all the ingredients in, and then you decide you're only going to cook it for 15 minutes and serve it. Yeah. The right. recipe says <laughs> half an hour. Yeah, we don't eat cake. It's paleo, but... Uh, yeah. Paleo cake. <laughs> oh, right? okay, that's Okay. Uh, no, just, that's like a prime example. You yeah. can't skip steps. It's still going to turn out, and I'll use the technical term again, like... Yeah. Yes, right? this is a very technical term. So you can say that also on a podcast. So <laughs> I think, you know, kind of want to wrap things up and give people an idea of, of more, you know, about what you what you do. And, you know, you, you mentioned movement. You mentioned awareness. So people will develop a body weight practice that yes. incorporates what you're showing them is you want them to develop body weight practice that incorporates joint mobility and this can be you know therapeutic and working in areas that you've got issues it can also prevent issues from, from happening, from happening right? right because you, you yeah because you have that awareness and the movement stuff this body weight training why is the body weight training important um component i mean listen if i if i just grab a heavy loaded bar isn't that awesome <laughs> well or a heavy actually, actually someone i know uh, very well told yeah told me this once yeah. and it was sage words I'm, yes. gonna, I'm gonna say it should yes. there be some maybe later on you can add some sparkle uh, effect maybe but see, i don't think we have a budget for sparkles oh, but i'll try all right well yeah. cut back on the pork chop food or something yes but if you can't conquer the resistance inside your own body how are you going to conquer external resistance yeah no, right is, yeah that and that's plain right there in your face that's exactly what it is you need to be able to do these things body weight first before you pick up an external load. Yeah, and I think this is the big thing that's missing, right? A lot of trainers that come to uh, the Agatsu courses, they're very accustomed to when a client comes in, they load them with a toy. They do their little assessment, they you know do this, do that, and then they feel they got to show them this toy and that toy and put you on this and put you on that. Then they do it often. And listen, there are toys and there are tools, and that could be a whole different segment. But Oh, that you know, sounds... That sounds like it's back to the vulva. Sorry. <laughs> I got off the rails really fast. Uh, you told me I could say whatever I want to say. Say whatever you want to say. That's, uh, that's the joy of a podcast. The but podcast on toys. <laughs> the podcast on toys will be coming up next uh, if, <laughs> if this one hits uh, 10,000 listeners. Um, so everyone, make sure you share. And then you'll get a really cool podcast next. No, the thing is that I think that people, I've always, like I said, I always had a bodyweight practice because I had a bodyweight practice before I had anything else. So I would practice martial arts and before you were trying to control an opponent, uh, it just made sense. Your teachers would show you how to control yourself. Nobody would, you know, you went boxing, you had to learn how to control yourself and, and throw a punch, not with your arm, but with your whole body before they put you in the ring and say, yeah, why don't you just uh, try and hit that guy in the head and do your best. Good luck. You know, you had a bodyweight practice first. You had to develop your own control, and then you could deal with the resistance of an opponent. 
And it, it makes sense that it should be the same when you're dealing with weights or sandbags or, you know, anything, kettlebells, whatever. But if you can't control your own body, then you have no business picking up a weight. And like you said, if you're not aware, <laughs> then you, you don't know what to even try to control. Well, the prime example is this. How many times do you walk into a gym and you see the same client there year after year and they've mm -hmm. still achieved nothing? They're yeah. still playing with the toys. Yeah, you got and new toys every year. <laughs> well, they're spending all that yeah. time there anyway. Wouldn't it be better to break it down to the very beginning for them yeah. and slowly and incrementally help them gain awareness, have a good practice, make sure their body's prepared to take load, and then they can see month by month how things change, how their body's changing, how it's evolving. That is a much greater reward for a trainer and for a client. Yeah. And right? it's fun. Like, and, and, and I, some skills. It's amazing. And I take every client as it's, I know this sounds kind of cheesy, but I look at every client as one of my kids and I wouldn't just let my kid slough off through life. I want them to learn. Yeah. I want my child to be better than I am one day yeah. because that's a sign of a good teacher. So if my client learns from me, they better learn in the direction I want them to go. And if they don't, I fail them as a teacher because I do want them to surpass me one day. Yeah. That makes me a good teacher. Born so my, stop yeah. cheating because you wouldn't let a student cheat on a test. But if you do, you're actually cheating, yeah. right? Like you, you can't let people just <laughs> get away with this shit. No, yeah. One of my trainers used to say, is to say, uh, you know, you're a good teacher when your students pass you. And, you know, and they're still around, you know, he said like they, they still kind of coming around and, you know, he said, I, I want to be surrounded in a room full of people that I taught that are way better than me and that will help me as well. So that's, that's great. And I think if you pass this kind of stuff on the body weight training, the joint mobility work and, and people under start to understand it. And then, then they go and use these, you know, important tools. And there are some great tools out there that, that, you know, are becoming more popular, which is fantastic. I think that people will approach them with greater awareness. They'll have more success with them. Um, I know that you're crazy busy. You are teaching uh, coming up in Toronto, I think. Toronto, this, then yeah. Ottawa, then back to Toronto, then Halifax. Uh, there's a lot going on. Yeah, then you're going to Singapore, Singapore and Hong, Hong Kong. Kong. and Okay, so you're all over the place. And Grand Prairie. I'm looking forward to meeting all you guys. Hello, From Singapore Grand and Hong Kong Prairie. to Grand Prairie. That's very cool. Hey, so, don't knock it. No, no, I've been to Grand Prairie. <laughs> no, no, I know. That's awesome. Uh, uh, I'm a small town girl, so I got a soft spot for Grand Prairie. <laughs> so, uh, so now these are workshops. They're also certifications. They're all over the place. People can visit agatsu.com and they can get more information on mm -hmm. uh, where they can train with you. And they sometimes get, when I'm in the city too and they know that I'm there, don't yeah. be shy. Email me, guys. I do a lot of privates as well. Like even if it's just for one technique and yeah. you want to train for a chunk of time, like sometimes people book me for three hours and we yeah. work on the muscle up. Sure. Like it doesn't matter. Even if you're like, I just want to work on, you know, body weight skills or I just want to work on my knees. Yeah. My knees hurt. Do it. Yeah. And now also you do online training and mm -hmm. uh, that can be done through uh, agatsu.com. People can just email you. Uh, they can contact you at sarah at agatsu.com yeah. and uh, they can set up and again work on their goals with you from a distance. So it doesn't from matter. Distance. 
okay. The next one we can do, it could be a, a musical interview with you. We'll bring you on oh like God. in a couple months and we'll do a, a musical one. That would be fantastic. That would be amazing. With, with show tunes. We'll get all the Agatsu senior instructors on here doing show da, tunes. Da, 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 da. It's going to be a nightmare. Okay, so they can reach you online. Uh, you can do online training with you. They can hit you up at the certifications and uh, check out the Agatsu Joint Mobility and Movement Cert. Um, coming to a town near you. Uh, clearly, you're all over the place. And uh, it's been a absolute pleasure. All right. The bubbly's worn off. The so. bubbly's worn off. That's it. <laughs> That's I, it. I was trying to get the dog to come in with a bow tie and some more booze, but uh, we couldn't do it. So we'll see for the uh, next um, next one. Guys, check out Agatsu.com as we speak, as this is being recorded. The individuals were completely sober in the making of this podcast. Mostly. Um, <laughs> the dog is loaded. I can't lie. She's wasted. No. Um <laughs> On, on bone marrow from, from a deer antler, I believe. Yeah, that's right. That's how, All right. That's how we roll. We give the, dogs the dog the good stuff. Um, but as we were uh, recording this, the new Agatsu.com version 2.0 just went live. So that should be up for everyone to check out. As the brand new website, we're going to be loading in lots of content on there. The blogs got stuff from me and also from the other Agatsu senior instructors like Sarah Claire. So she'll be posting some great mobility stuff on there. Exactly. Check out the YouTube channel. That has some great stuff from Sarah as well as myself and the other senior instructors. We're bringing you lots of great, exciting content, and we are going to bring you another podcast coming up next month, something really good. I've got a couple of guys that I'm trying to get on the show. I'm going to see if I can make it happen. We might record it this weekend. I have Ooh, no promises. Sounds mysterious and it's exciting. It's very mysterious. It's very exciting. I'm going to be with two guys that are so muscular that if they flex, they might suck all the oxygen out of the room and knock me cold. <laughs> uh, this is going to be a dangerous podcast to record, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm hoping I can nail them down. Okay, I'm that's why be... you've been training with that evolution mask. Yes, uh, that's right. It's for oxygen deprivation. <laughs> Never mind altitude training. I'm just worried something could go horribly wrong. But no, I'm going to try and nail these guys down this weekend. Sarah, thank you again. It was awesome. My pleasure.